I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. How are you this fine morning? Um, there's a lot going on sort of internationally, nationally, pre- proto-nationally. Um, it's... <laughs> There's there's so many elements of this that are are fascinating to me um, as the the world attempts to normalize um, what is effectively a um, a major shift in the, the you know back to uh, you know the current abnormal um, in in terms of America's stance in the world America's position in the world. And when it comes to a, uh, you know, a, a shift like we're looking for, and I'm Johnny, I, I don't know why all of a sudden I lost your video on the stream, but we will figure that part of it out in just a moment. Um, yeah, it's curious, curious to me. Um, it might be that I freaked out my my stream thing. It might be that everything works so wonderfully. And then I, you know, this is what happens when I try to. It's so cuckoo. Um, anyways, so. Over the course of the you know the last few weeks, the the right wing storyline on all of these you know on on, on the upcoming uh, Biden trip overseas, the the President G summit, any of the policies that are going up, any of that stuff is um, resulting in, in a lot of ways in you know this kind of clamoring that the world is ending. It's not just that there are some difficulties. It's not just that there's you know that the normal aspects of of international relationships uh, that have dogged the United States for years or been a source of support. There he is. Now he came up. Now it's finally come back up. That's great. I'm a, I'm a little choppy, but you look great. So um, over the, you know, as we've led up to us to this, the storyline that we've seen repeatedly is that Biden is ruining the world and it would it, Trump had it just where it needed to be. And we were this close. If they'd only built the last four panels of the wall, there would be no immigration problem. If we had just continued with his tariffs on China slash his big deal for China, then we just it, continued to not have any plan to vaccinate the nation. Yeah, it would have just purged. We would have had, you know how many jobs would have been filled because so many people wouldn't be alive to fill those jobs? Um, like, unemployment goes down when, because uh, dead people don't file for UI, I think is the the issue there. So um, there has been a lot of, like, you. Uh, the big storyline is that, of course, that Biden was going to wreck everything as soon as he came in. And in terms of the Trump presidency, it turned turned out, that it had a freshness date, that it is there, there was a best used by date of January 20th of this year, because apparently within weeks, everything accomplished, with the exception of the giant corporate tax he gave, you know, the, the, the of course, the one for individuals was was temporary, but the ones for, uh, you know, for corporations was permanent. And in and in doing that, um, he has, you know, basically wiped out um, the entirety of the Trump presidency in the same way that a lot of people, you know, were complaining about the fact that, you know, here comes Trump and just wiping out, uh, you know, as many of, of, uh, things, yeah, yeah. of Obama's things as he could, except for things like the ACA and DACA and these very resilient policies. 
that while, you know, some had been put through the legislature and therefore undoing a law is much more difficult. And and then the, the executive orders that Obama put forward had been thoroughly vetted by the Department of Justice and the legal team at the White House and had been put through the ringer so that if there were any challenges to it, um, they would withstand a legal challenge for the most part as best they could as as executive orders. And then if anybody undid them, you know, just by a stroke of the pen, it would be very hard for them to just do that. In, in the case of DACA is very specific in that you can't coax people out into the open. It was it was kind of like um, getting rid of don't ask, don't tell by executive order in that regard. Um, put people in a very precarious situation because it was the law hadn't been tested in that regard. So you might have a situation where people come out of the closet while they're in their military service. The next president undoes that uh, that executive order. And these people are done for because they've already outed themselves. You can't go back into the closet afterwards. And the same thing applied to DACA. And and that's one of the reasons why both have withstood a lot of um, the, the legal fights against them from the right. Now, the Biden administration, like, you know, he had a stack of of EOs on the first day he was there. These executive orders that were basically like, OK, no more of that, no more of that, no more of that, no more of that. It's just like, right. let's get back to normal policy. Um, even the 700 percent jump in us receiving refugees from all over the world, this stampeding 700 percent brings us back to the same number that Bush senior had. When he was in office, but somewhere in the order of like 112 to 115,000 people a year. And after a tremendous amount of vetting, the difference between, of course, the numbers during Bush one and now, of course, is is the is the vetting aspect of it is that there is an extra level of vetting going on now. Um, of course, Biden goes over. And the first thing you notice when you're looking at all this stuff is how happy and normal everyone looks in the pictures. Trump is not there to shove anybody out of the way. There's not this really awkward back and forth, um, you know, with where, where there's no pictures of everyone surrounding Biden trying to talk sense into him over NATO. You know, like, what, you know, I don't know why we don't just collapse the whole thing. Pooty Poot told me it stinks and therefore. Um, and we even have... Yeah, um, we even have, um, you know, this summit that's coming up between Biden and Putin. It's going to happen at this like 12th century villa, this little, little mini castle that's, you know, been mm-hmm. happening there. Yeah, they got it as a strategic goal. You know, and I it's funny, one of these things where I'm sure the conspiracy theorists are going, you know, kind of crazy about their meeting in this. It's probably the site of some, you know, pagan ritualistic space, you know, that's been, you know, doused in adrenochrome or some nonsense. Um, but the, the the reality is it's very difficult for the Russians to sneak in beforehand and hide microphones in walls that are made out of granite, you know, over a thousand years ago. So, you know, you know, 800 years ago. And so in, in terms of, you know, just safety and all that stuff, like checking out a venue. I would imagine that the Secret Service and other places, like yeah, this place is basically stone. Uh, there's you're not hiding anything, and if you hide anything in here, it's in the fixtures. We can manage that. We can we can follow that. Um, so over the course of you know watching um, 
you know, the the two of these these guys meet, at, you know, especially considering the relationship we have with Russia right now, the the recent hackings, um, the, the obvious state aligned actors <clears throat> that are attacking our meat processing plants, our our gas pipelines and stuff. And it's no surprise, by the way, that the Republicans are running on this idea that, well, it's, you know, they respected Trump. And so therefore they, you know, they don't respect Biden. And therefore that's why they're attacking us. Well, first of all, they did attack us during Trump and nothing was made of it. Um, And and we'll talk a little bit uh, about something I mentioned on my stream this week that the, you know, the Biden team has formed a ransomware task force that retrieved um, Bitcoin that was stolen. That, that was kind of an amazing headline. Yeah. And it made Bitcoin and all these other uh, cryptocurrencies drop because of yeah. that. Um, you know, and, and it, that in of itself is a, you know, is a story that will <clears throat> will hold. Because I did wonder, like, what happens if we put the full force of our intelligence behind this? Yeah. It, and, and the idea that we somehow can't do that. And a lot of these folks, uh, quite frankly, um, it's not surprising that they they think they're safe behind this wall of cryptocurrency um, and have for quite some time because no one's tried because no one was, you know, because during the Trump administration, there was this kind of stand down on Russia order as much as they could in the DOJ and at CISA. Um, and then, of course, after the election, Trump fired the head of CISA um, because he didn't agree with him that the election was stolen. And this is the guy who's the head of the organization that's, that would fight back against ransomware attacks and all these kind of right. things. So he removed the, you know, the head of the department, replaced him with someone below there who was a, you know, basically a suck up. And then it took the Biden administration a little while to get their person in. And during that gap, we find out this is when all these ransomware attacks are happening because there's basically no one minding the store in, in, you know, in a greater sense. And there's not a, a strategy in place. Once the strategy gets in place, oh, my God, the first ever ransomware retrieval of Bitcoin using a break into the Bitcoin wallet by the of the people who committed this ransomware attack, which caused a, a, a huge dip in the market. That's amazing. It's, it's not to not to totally derail, but like along the same lines, the did you hear about the FBI's um, fake private messaging app that decimated Australia's organized crime? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Tell them, yeah. <laughs> The, the they're going to be like now that it's out there. I was like, oh no! Well, now everybody knows. But the the sub headlines said they're going to be arrests for years and years, right? From all of the information that they gathered, um, for, because people thought that they were communicating on some new private messaging yeah, app, they, and it run by the friggin' FBI. I I I have to say, I'm I'm a little bit convinced that uh, Parler was a psyop because it was so pitifully run and so moronically protected. I mean, they used the demo version of the security software and then refused to pay for the full version, which is like a monthly fee of like 15 bucks. It was, I mean, it it was, and then seven terabytes of information from Parler dumped on the web, including the full photos and Parler, uh, stores the metadata for your photos that you upload. When you upload a photo to Twitter or Facebook, 
it, like Facebook had this thing a long time ago that included that stuff, and now they don't anymore. And basically what they do is you post a copy of the photo on your website. It doesn't take the metadata from your phone and say, this is where it was shot. This is who's in it. You have to add all that stuff this after the fact. This is where that Confederate flag is that I'm putting right. in Parlor allowed all that stuff, you know, like it just took all that information, where you were, your latitude and longitude at the moment you took the photo, what your phone is, all the details. Don't Any, get that vaccine. Yeah, don't but that's it. right, because you'll get tracked by nanobots, right? That's the big uh, thing, <laughs> right? We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. I want to talk about um, one of the, I mean, the, a couple of the biggest hits against Trump that are happening at the G7, as the world is, quite frankly, literally moving on from the Trump era as if it never existed in a lot of ways. And it's going to take a little while to get over the, some of the damage that he did just to the, our national psyche and the dent he put in our ethics uh, as a people. But it's going away. I got news for you. Yes. It's going away. We'll be back right after this. This is the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCPT820.com is the website. And of course, uh, Sexy Liberal. Pew, pew, On the Sexy Liberal. Thanks. On the Sexy Liberal Podcasting Network, it's the House Park Radio Podcast, Mega Worldwide. We'll be back right after this. People say puffiness and under-eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Genucel is incredibly powerful. Natural serum, they guarantee you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results are your money back. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That code is Stephanie. This is Tom Hartman, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So one of the one of my favorite parts of this, and there's a lot going on at the G7. Um, there, you know, they had a bunch of uh, surfers against sewage who paddled out into the water uh, around the gathering and uh, mm-hmm. are wearing masks of world leaders, and they're trying to push back against sewage in oceans and the like. By the way, something that all the G7 countries are actually working on, <laughs> like these are the countries that were engaged in the Paris Accord. These are the countries working on pollution. These are the ones actually doing it. None of them are going to do this off the coast of uh, China anytime soon because A, they won't be heard and B, their lives will be in danger. It's just silly. Um, they will be viewed as foreign marauders and probably, you know, um, blown from the water, but um, but I appreciate the effort. I mean, we don't want sewage. That's good. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm glad they're doing it. I, you know, they're preaching to the choir. But I mean, yeah. Um, but I just hope the waves were good. That's uh, you know what I mean. There's a certain point where, like, most of the protests about the G7 are stuff that where the desire, at least on face, has been met by a lot of, and the only areas where it wasn't 
is areas where the Trump administration decided to just undo the progress. Yeah, undo the progress, including bringing Russia back into the fold, making it the G8 again. The whole story that he was going to have the thing at Mar-a-Lago and that he was going to invite Putin so he could be next door at this, uh, you know, it's just we could listen through the wall with a like a a, a brandy glass, like a snifter, right? Whatever. Um, so one of the the biggest stories coming out of this is that after this summit that uh, Biden is going to have with uh, Putin, they are not going to have a joint press conference. If you'll recall, uh, the joint press conference that you know in uh, I think in 2017, like kind of the first one that uh, he had with Putin is the one where he said, I, you know, I can't imagine or whatever. I, I, I can't imagine why uh, it would be Russia to go after. Right. And, and basically making every excuse he could just sitting there nodding at everything that Putin said and then shaking hands with him, palm up the entire weekend, which was this weird, like, you know, show of weakness thing where it's a, where it's one thing to just reach over and that's just kind of lazy how your hand falls. But it was a very, like, obvious, like, dog belly moment that he kept yes. doing repeatedly. And I couldn't figure it out. It was one of the, you know what I mean? Where you just kind of roll over and yeah. show your belly. Right. And and it's it, I mean, it's it's many ways in line with the idea that Trump was like, I'll be people respect my strength. And Obama bowed to the Saudi prince. And then we, of course, have the gif of not only Trump bowing to get the little medal around his neck, um, but doing a, a mild curtsy at the end of it. Remember that little bleep? like he just does this yeah. little like. It's adorable. Now, I so, imagine you probably covered this in one of your, your live feeds, mm-hmm. but his pants. Trump's. Oh, the, oh, yes. So uh, for those. Yes. The the North uh, Carolina Republican Party gathering where that he was. That speech was insane. Yeah, I mean, it was a mess. He was barely there. Yes. And and it, it is just going to get worse. And that's why after it, I tweeted, you know, the the GOP holding up Donald Trump as the beacon for the party of the perfect, the ubermensch of Republican everything is in a is on a collision course with the reality of Trump, the man that yeah. that that no matter what they do to try and lift this guy up as this magical uh, being, it, it, I got to say, yes. He's a mess. He's a mess on all fronts. And he's facing, I don't doubt that beyond the normality of age, his bad diet, his uh, intellectual intellectual incuriosity that would make him, um, you know, less apt to read or do puzzles or take preverent or whatever. Um, he's, I think he was probably he probably leans more on the pervitin um, crowd as far as uh, brain drugs go. That his use of alleged stimulants, which Noel Kassler talks about to no end during, you know, his years on The Apprentice and all that, that those lead to aging you a little faster. Those are always a challenge, right? In the, in your 70s. Yeah, and they lose their efficacy after a while, which is oh, sort of evident because yeah. he's slowing down. And and in many ways, you know, he I think on top of that stress plays a major role in people's lives as far as their physical well-being and and for a guy that has you know was born on third base and thought he had a triple is a third gen or a second generation slumlord who turned his father's actual 
real estate company into effectively a branding organization in, you know, in less than five years as he took it over. Um, the, the reality is, is that it, he's used to winning by accident. He's used to, you know, winning even when he's lost, right? I don't know he's, why that made me laugh. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's used to like like everybody on the other team loses, you know, s- stares into the sun when the pop fly is coming their way, the easiest drop shot in the world, and they miss it because you know the world, and he thinks it's because he hit a home run and knocked it out of the park. And right. in this, you know, it, you know it. I think that losing the election as soundly as he did. And the ongoing failures because of it, because he continued to fight it. Had he arguably taken this this stress on and and made it, you know, just dealt with it in terms of its, you know, the reality that he just he just lost. If he had just taken that one big stress hit that everybody I mean, like we saw Mitt Romney you know, pumping gas with a beard on the way to San Diego. You know, it's like we, you know, we, you know, Gore went into basically hiding. Yeah, Gore, that was the next one. I was like, wait, there's another one. He yeah. turned into a gorilla. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's got to hit you. You know what I mean? You got to take it on a the chin. That, that was. Oh, my oh, God. There see, that, that, yes. Uh, he turned into Al Gorilla. And um, um, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's an inconvenient beard. But the uh, but but, you know, that that was that's bad enough. But then when you go, you know what? No, I really won. And this we'll see by Saturday. By this Saturday, you'll see I actually won. And then, no, I didn't. Well, no, but by the time they certify, they're going to call it for me. It's all going to get turned around. And then that doesn't happen. We'll see you in December. And, yep. And then January and the 6th. And then his own people couldn't do it. Storming the castle. You know, they could. He sent his minions. I mean, if this was an old biblical or, you know, uh, British uh, monarchy story, this would be one of the biggest failed attacks on a you know, on a, on a castle in history, right? Just miserable. And yet, and yet, um, he continued to proceed, persists with this lie. And every time it hits him and it's not going further, like the, the, the Arizona one is falling apart hilariously. There's infighting between people who are even more into the, the recount, whatever they want to call it, the audit, than the people who are doing it, than even the cyber ninjas. And they're arguing about, no, I'm not going to put somebody in place to verify certain things. It just looks worse and worse. And it looks increasingly like the Republicans there may have tried to help Trump win by gussing up the vote a little bit, just goosing it in a, in a direction that they might have helped him. And they're like, dude, don't look in those boxes. Those are all fake Trump votes. Like, you know, that's it's what it looks like. I, I don't necessarily believe that's the occurrence, but that behavior wise, it makes way more sense why the Republicans would push back against their own recount in a lot of ways, because they're afraid that Trump supporters will discover that they actually tried to help him and failed, that the whole story about the algorithm breaking and they had to print more ballots sounds more like a failed Trump endeavor than something that the that the Dems, who, according to the Republicans, control the media, control big tech, control U.S. government, the world governments are managing some sort of major coup of the world, trying to reshape it into some sort of Marxist socialist monstrosity. And 
they have that power, but somehow it was their algorithm that broke. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't, that makes no sense. So anyways, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the HealthSpark Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. If you're really full of uh, piss and vinegar about the Democrats and you're really, really upset, I've got a huge solution for you. There's a brand new CBD gummy and it's called Sunday Scaries. So if you're looking for a way to decompress after a week of politics, Sunday Scaries can help. Visit sundayscaries.com, use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout, and get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use by persons under the age of 18. That's sundayscaries.com, promo code SEXYLIBERAL. Now let's get back to the Hell Sparks Radio program, Mega Worldwide. Hey, listen. Oh my God. Hey, listen. Uh, I love how one one's sort of Pauly Shore, one's hardcore Chicago, and 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 he's just off mic. It's like he like they don't let him in the studio all the way. Is that how that show runs? Is this a CPT yeah. show that I'm not listening to? Yeah, I guess so. It's uh, yeah. So I, I, we must. I just want to see if they both have to share a mic, and one of them keeps muscling the other one out. <laughs> it's, that's what it sounds like sonically. Yes. So, uh, uh, for the record, um, the, the, you know, the Biden Putin summit that is coming up at this, uh, um, obviously, uh, at Stonehenge or something, wherever they're having it, uh, is, uh, is going to f- be followed up with a solo press conference from, uh, uh, President Joe Biden, and he will be speaking on what they spoke about and what he's comfortable with them speaking about and all those issues. And like a normal president, that doesn't want to stand up there like he's on a leash. Because that was one of the weird things about the Trump-Putin, you know, uh, co- yeah. uh, you know, like codependent, <laughs> like presser that they had afterwards, you know, where like it, it felt like, like, OK, well, uh, I want to be there when I want to watch you say what you're supposed to say. You know, you're going to say what yeah. you and and of course, um, uh, Putin of course, praised Donald Trump as very talented this week and uh, and a big personality. And he said that uh, Biden is less apt to make impulsive decisions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and which is true Um, compared to Donald Trump. um, Everyone has better impulse control. There are, you know, there are. Yeah, Um, there are people um, in, in. in prison for arson that have better impulse control now than than Donald Trump. So um, over the course of, because they're meeting in, uh, in Falmouth, uh, England, which sounds like foul mouth a little bit, like the way it's written, which considering Biden's language choices in the past, not so, you know, could work, you know, not that I'm throwing stones. I clearly live in a glass house that's shaped like a big F word. Um, But uh, Boris Johnson and his wife, Carrie, met with uh, President Joe Biden and his uh, wife, Dr. Jill Biden. Um, she wore a jacket that said love on the back. 
This, of course, caused consternation, fear and panic across the right wing stratosphere because we don't need to be loved. We need to be feared because that's, I guess, our only option. Um, and that whole that G- and let's be honest, that Jesus dude was a complete sucker that would never work now. Um, that's uh, by the way, that's a near quote from, uh, you know, from right wingers surrounding Donald Trump right now about, you know, that the idea of turn the other cheek. Don Jr. himself said that to a Christian pastor on a on a show he was on this week pitching, you know, his show saying, you know, the turn the other cheek that wouldn't work anymore. You know, just basically the New Testament garbage, throw it out. It's not it's not practical Um, as if it ever was. I don't I mean, the madness is uh, is is. Striking. That said, um, uh, they they gathered in the leaders uh, elbow bumped when they gathered for, you know, they're still doing slight covid things or wearing masks inside, largely because that a that's the protocol still in, in England. And also, for the record, we do not have definitive silence, science, beg your pardon, on the efficacy of the vaccine and the uh, and herd immunity and your own natural immunity. Um, against all of the variants. The variants. And these are world leaders from a multiple a multitude of countries that have experience that have a multitude of other countries in that come and go even in their own countries even with those protocols so there's a chance that the delta virus you know version the delta variant gets in it's a more at, intense mixture than your standard daycare gathering yes it is and so the extra precautions are similar in many ways to the sweeping of the environment by the uh, elite um, you know, security forces of each of these countries for the safety of their world leaders, because if something were to happen to these world leaders, were they to get sick or injured or or harmed in any way, it affects not only the fact that, oh, darn, we got to get a new leader, but it also dips the markets, destroys the outlook for, you know, our recovery from uh, the pandemic. Like the, it can it can savage the economic recovery of any of these countries and and damage them in a myriad of ways, depending culturally on how they would react to this kind of thing, putting them behind all the other countries, n- n- you know, America, n- you know, no less than anyone else in that regard. So if you're a thinking person, you would mm-hmm. go, there are there are elements of unknowns. We need to tamp down on those unknowns as much as possible in this circumstance until we can get ahead of this thing. Yes, all the world leaders have been vaccinated. Um, do those vaccines protect you? Absolutely. Uh, with the variants that we know of, we don't know. We guess so. It seems so. But there's no defi- definitive science on it because time will tell. Does yeah. the, do they protect against any of the new variants that are happening? Do they you know, do you need a booster shot to deal with these? These are still options as we roll this out. This is not by any means over the the red states. Have a like currently uh, the you know, case rates in red states as far as deaths and and illness are going are going up three point four percent in in most of the red states in you know that especially the ones that are just because they're treating it like it's over without doing any of the vaccinating and, and because they have the majority of the anti vaxxers in their states whereas the blue states right. are seeing a drop of about ten percent and it's continuing you know California a, a, a state with forty million people in it. Um, has a, a has dropped ten percent, is is below a uh, thousand, um, or a, I want to say five hundred in its death rate, 
for the first time since you know the 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 spike last, last year. March. Yeah, yeah, and so um, they're getting a handle on. It. And by the way, for the record, those the, those large numbers are not happening in the in the blue hubs of these cities. They're not happening in San Francisco. They're not happening in Los Angeles. Uh, they're happening a little bit in places like San Diego and a little bit in Sacramento, but they're largely the you know the Stockton kind of areas. The, you know, the, the places that, you know, statistically would have uh, used to voted for Reagan, let's say, voted for Trump this time and now have become hardline. You know, they're the people arguing about separating, you know, splitting California in half. Right. For, you know, to make a, a, a brand new red state, um, which isn't going to happen for the record. But good luck with that. Please keep clamoring about it. I'm yeah. sure Caitlyn Jenner will make it part of her uh her uh, platform as she goes forward with her campaign that is completely fueled by Trumpers. So, um, and, and by the way, as a way of, uh, kind of driving up, you know, by, by putting a trans person at the front of the ticket, giving them some cover for all the anti-trans stuff they're doing across the rest of the country. Um, right. it's, it's pretty transparent. And the problem that they have is that I see what you did there. Yeah. She's, she, there's no way, um, that the Republicans turn out to vote for her and, it, it, it just they allow it to just sit there. It's just it's a sacrificial lamb kind of attitude. So anyways, uh, over the course of this, uh, Boris Johnson and uh, has said, you know, that there is uh, intense cooperation between the world's democratic and technologically advanced uh, nations, that America's uh, leadership is clearly um, recovering, that they are, that, you know, that across the board, um they're all the world leaders. I think Macron said today, you know, that it's great to have America back at the table, uh, you know, speaking like an ally. Um, um, uh, Macron said Biden has shown that leadership is partnership, which is going to drive the right wing crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's exactly my point, by the way, about what makes America crucial in these circumstances is that somebody's got to be that's it's why we have a president a presiding officer over our government it's why we you you know in all gatherings someone is usually appointed an arbiter or is or is the you know the point person for the gathering of, of all the countries and the united states has traditionally played that role especially when dealing with the g7 and uh the brooming and, and especially in the brooming of Russia from it is the greatest example of, you know, moving from the G8 to the G7 as, you know, almost a direct action against some of the other member nations, but specifically at movement of the United States. That's that's the sign of the United States while working in partnership, taking a leadership position in the G7 and trying to direct the, you know, the world's democracies, the world's high, you know, high level technology countries to Use their best efforts to kind of come together on on whatever shared goals they might have, while at the same time pursuing their own national interests within means. It's it's when we looked at the Paris Accord, and I, you know, and all the panic about how it it's it's really just an attack on the United States, and it's trying to undermine us, and and we, we sell ourselves out to the European nations, and yada yada. And when you really look at it, all the language in any of these things says. 
as long as it can be done without economic harm to the people of each country, as long as you can do it without, you know, you know, detrimentally affecting the economic outlook for your country, without, as long as it doesn't do more damage to your country. That we're like, Because some countries, it's like, we want to set our standard at this, at, you know, 2.5% or whatever. Well, if your country's already below that, that doesn't mean you pollute more. You know, this is, that's the target date. And, and all these things are sensible diplomacy where you talk about it in normal terms, like adults going, you know, where all treaties, especially when they come to the environment, economic issues and stuff, end with a kind of do your best clause. And and none of these have, you know, <clears throat> these are not on, on like the Iran deal where there are hard line lines. And if you cross this line, the deal's off. And they didn't cross that line. Trump just killed it anyways, which makes it hard to make those kind of deals in the future, because how do you set markers for another country and go, look, we'll be we'll operate fairly with you as long as you don't cross these lines. You don't cross those lines and we still we still go against the treaty. We still what good is a treaty from a country like that? Well, it you know, we recognize that the treaties are between countries, but sometimes are controlled by men like Donald Trump that will scuttle anything good. And that's going forward. That's the part we're going to have to patch up. That's what takes time. That if you're going to enter into a deal and it's going to that's why it will be partnerships with other countries. Like you may not trust us because we just elected a guy like Trump who scuttled it. But the rest of the countries played nice and we still kind of furthered it. The Iran deal stayed relatively structured or whatever. Right now, the tough part is, is that Venezuela and Iran are now partnering for munitions and all kinds of other stuff, fuel. And they're going around this because Trump broke the deal. And that leaves a really awkward partnership, which creates a potentially dangerous adversarial situation between us and Venezuela as a satellite response country from Iran. If Iran is, you know, starts funneling money and arms from North Korea into Venezuela, you know, then we have, a, you know, then it's basically a, you know, a way for them to sort of pirate things up towards our southern border and creates a geopolitical problem for us that wasn't there until the Iran deal was broken by Donald Trump. Right. Um, that, that was effectively created by the slapdash approach that he has had. But in the meantime, there is a bunch of sort of recovery. There's, they're, they're spackling over the holes, you know, and they are uh, doing their best to do a you know, fresh coat of paint on these things and while checking for structural damage. And that's what the G7 is effectively uh, having. Uh, Biden will also be meeting with Angela Merkel later this year. She is leaving office. She's done. But uh, yeah. they're there. Yeah, they're going to have limits there. I, yeah, I don't know if it's uh, if she's stepping down. I'd have to look that up. But um, but yeah, she will be leaving office. Um, but she's coming to Washington. They're going to have uh, this being and, and there's still the Nord Stream pipeline stuff with Russia. That's been the big hang up with Germany. Uh, Germany has seen a rise in far right um, extremism happening largely because of Russia, you know, mucking about in their social media, mucking about in their groups, creating basically these these beer push kind of groups within Russia. I mean, they were, you know, Putin famously murdered one of its dissidents in a park in Berlin and, uh, you know, it managed to get away with it in that regard, you know, on a level that is, you know, 
is striking. Didn't happen in Paris, didn't happen in all these countries, but Germany in interacted, like literally tiptoeing around because of the energy source that they were going to need. Now, had Ukraine been more sound three years ago um, and more available as a source for the rest of Europe and to get maybe Germany would have made the leap, but effectively didn't. So anyways, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the Hellsmark Radio Program Mega Worldwide. You're listening to the Hellsmark Radio Program Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at Hellsmark.com. Well, I don't care for you if it's a putrid sludge you're trowling out. Damn, Facebook, True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. I, I, I've been trying to fix the choppiness. We're just straight up max headroom today. That's just how we're going to live. But as long as the audio is good, I, that's, what, that's all we care about for the radio, at least. Um, and I love you guys in the chat room for, yeah, to, just dealing with it when it happens. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's no surprise, by the way, we have a, we, we do have a caller and I probably, because it's a little different topic than what we were talking about before I get, you know, cause I'll never get to the topic. I think they want to bring up. What was it again? Lady B, who do we have? Uh, David from North, uh, North Miami. Beach. Miami. Okay. Excellent. Um, David, welcome. <laughs> Greetings time changer. Yes. How are you? Uh, good to hear your voice. And, uh, thank you. Uh, you, you sound nothing like Mac Edwin. You'll be glad to know. Oh, thank you. I, yes. yes I appreciate that. Although I, it was, it was a very cool thing when Johnny and I were in school. It was, a, it was, a, I mean, it was amazing level of technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. We appreciate it. Joke that, yes, the critics joke, yes, it's a two dimensional character, which is still one more than you find in most, most TV shows. Yeah. That's right. So, right. Uh, well, I'm wishing that, uh, that Dr. Fauci will take the example of John Hurt from the movie Day of the Doctor and start wearing a bandolier of uh, sonic screwdrivers, syringes, whatever. <laughs> Just to remind right. you know, Republicans that he's tougher than they ever will be. Uh, I, right. Uh, I'm going to try to pitch uh, Jeff Bezos uh, a TV show since he thinks he's figured out the secret recipe. Uh, have right. a show called Liberal Media, which will instantly give us hate watching down here in South Florida with, say, Rena Sofer as Stephanie Miller, Michael Emerson as Tom Hartman. Maybe a late boozer, right. uh, the afternoon host. Uh, right. Just as a, to, to summarize what we saw in 2020, and if that takes off, you know, then bounce around the different election years, you know, change their hair and clothing, whatever, to show, to help summarize, hi, this is what the liberal media was doing while everyone else was goofing off and you know, mm-hmm. playing around with dumb wedge issues. So I, I'm, I'm, well, not a, I'm not an expert like you. But I've had some success with writing. And unfortunately, Jeff Bezos would probably go for it if he wasn't busy prepping for launch. Sure. Well, you know, he's, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's taking an 11 minute flight into space, um, which uh, is, is fascinating, very uh, futuristic sounding, and incredibly dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's top of the mountain stuff, I suppose. Um, but uh, I guess he heard the news that. The Japanese mice eggs came back to Earth and they uh, they they gave birth to uh, they, they used these eggs that were stored in freezing on the International Space Station to make new mice. And the mice are not 
They've been exposed to all this cosmic radiation, and yet they are completely healthy and normal. They have no genetic uh, mutations. Nothing's wrong with them. So the idea that that was one of our big concerns, time and space exposed to that radiation, would it affect your ability to have, you know, would it cause birth defects and that kind of stuff? Uh, Apparently, this is the first step. So I guess this is maybe just sex and space is the next uh, frontier. But um, Bezos himself uh, has decided to do this. I'm for it. If uh, if you've made that kind of money and you want to risk yourself for humanity, knock yourself out. I mean, we're doing it with school teachers um, and we've lost a couple. Uh, I think uh, that's up to you. Knock yourself out. And again, I don't have the chip on my shoulder about Bezos that a lot of people have, um, largely because the man started making an online bookstore. And so that makes him okay in my book to some degree. Now, the question is, as it grew, were they capable of dealing with the growth and did they have the normal kind of push pull with labor as it went forward over time? And, you know, is there a balancing act between the two and it's warehouse work, which is very hard and yada, yada. Like that's all stuff you have to work on. But the, the impetus of it, of a optional service that somebody made up out of whole cloth that nobody needs, that's as much attention as it gets is second to walmart.com, which is almost entirely responsible for 50 percent of our uh, um, our trade deficit with China. Almost all of that, uh, like two hundred fifty uh, billion dollars or whatever, is, or two hundred, yeah, five hundred billion, yeah. So we like two hundred fifty of it goes through Walmart. Um, it's an extraordinary number. I mean, I mean, th- we're selling what was it, forty eight billion dollars worth of F one fifties every year. It's a, it's crazy. <laughs> like the level of uh, like when you really look at the numbers of what's being sold worldwide, which is by the way why um, the. The expansion of the American economy and why people can look forward to it over the next 10 to 15 years is because as markets open up, meaning that, you you know, you make a widget in the United States and, and enough people like it. If you bring 25 cents worth of value to a billion people, um, you're a multimillionaire. And that's, the, you know, they're Etsy level shops that if they had the reach and the production capacity could absolutely make, uh, you know, the next. 300 billionaires. And that's just going to be how, as the market expands and as global trade expands and as it becomes less, you know, the centralization is going to be around shipping and getting stuff everywhere, not the creation aspect and not the production aspect, especially on the, you know, on the, on the more, you know, organic side of things. So that's something to look forward to economically. There's a great, uh, um, book that's it's very optimistic about the economic future of the world. And, you know, one of our big fears was overpopulation. It turns out that the populations are actually going down in a lot of countries that we've, that the, the world population does kind of like have almost a, a, uh, a self-governing aspect that's mm-hmm. in, that's somewhat environmental, somewhat health-based, somewhat cultural. Um, and of course, as education and economic ap- opportunity and and social safety nets and those kind of things expand across the world, people don't need to have 19 grandchildren to make sure that 10 of them survive, to make sure that seven of them can work in the shop, to make sure that five of them make enough money to support you in your dotage, right? So um, the, one of the one of the more re- you know all the more reason to expand education for people across the world as a you know you know is in a way that like the the depopulation conspiracy theories all over the world could only hope to achieve the kind of things that just education and and baseline material resources will do 
Um, but it's a, you know, it's a fascinating part of, you know, that, that's another, the futurism discussion that I love to have on my own in my own private conversations is a, is a fascinating thing. Cause I'm a lot more hopeful about it than a lot of other folks in that regard. And we will see over the next year, you know, like right now with the spikes in violence, some of the aspects of, you know, American culture that seem to be on the brink, especially as the QAnon thing falls apart. And a lot of the people are bifurcating into these multitude of little weird groups and some of them very dangerous, threatening county officials and da da da. These are all remnants of the Trump administration and the Trump presidency. And without him as their head, they will fade. Because you can't back this pony anymore. The QAnon folks are being confronted daily with this reality. Sidney Powell, literally at a QAnon gathering in Dallas, said there is no great plan. Trump is not playing 5D chess. You know, there is no, he's not the magic person fighting the cabal. It just isn't true. It was never true. It was never going to be true. And these folks are... Face to face with that. I don't know if there has been since Jim Jones or the remnant Manson family that weren't in California, if there's been a decimation of followers of an of a group like this um, in uh, I don't know, in my lifetime, certainly, Um, you know, I'm sure there have been, you know, um, this, you know, some young moon kind of uh offshoot groups or Scientology's The Process, which, you know, uh, which was another offshoot of theirs that have fallen apart and their leaders fallen on, you know, that um, Nexium or whatever it was, the, the weird yeah, sex yeah. cult with the branding nonsense, like a very small group of people. But there's got to be a psychological shock that happens when you confront that you were in a cult, you bought the whole line, you've got to rebuild your life and your personality from scratch. You were sold a bill of goods and you bought it hook, line and sinker. It tells you more about yourself than it does about the person leading the thing. And that's where a lot of these folks are. They are in this weird panic mode and they're looking for solace anywhere they can. They're clinging to the idea that Marxists are invading the schools and that diversity training is really critical race theory when it's really just can we all get along largely and we can be honest about American history without deriding America and still understanding the value it has for all the immigrants that are coming here, for example. Both are possible if your brain can handle complex ideas and uh, theirs clearly can't because of the daddy issues that they have that they found a hero in Trump. I, you know, but that collapse is happening and it's happening to the kids. And I want to talk about that after we come back because the, the, where's Ivanka and Jared? I mean, we've seen a little bit of Eric running around. Laura Trump just said she's not running for office. And, and I mean, Don Jr.'s got the best as a threat. Uh, it wasn't really. That's why it was so easy to stop. And, you know, even on their end, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! <laughs> Welcome back. We still have another caller on the line. Uh, who do we have, Lady B? Paul from Seattle. Excellent. Paul from Seattle. How are you, brother? Hey, what's going on? I have to, I beg to differ with the last caller. You know, when I look across the Lake Washington, I see a 
continuous plumage of black smoke just emanating from the yes. top. So I don't know what she's saying. Abs- <laughs> yeah, a giant with a giant Antifa flag flying on every building. I mean, it's been taken over. It looks like it looks like uh, the Purge meets Burning Man. I've heard that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But with better hair. This is the thing. <laughs> Let me ask you about how. Uh, yeah. Um, so you know, I, I know you say that the QAnon is going to fade and all this, but you know, there is something known as psychogenic. Or sociogenic psychosis, sociogenic psychosis, yes. formerly known as mass hysteria. Um, mm-hmm. And I think dogs and cats living together. I'm, I'm I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at when you you must have heard or seen the the clip of this so-called physician testify before the Ohio State Senate. Yes, with now, the magnets. That. <laughs> now. I'm not going to argue with, it's too stupid to argue with that. She says that, you know, your blood is becoming magnetized because, mm-hmm. said, now this is the, this is the, because the vaccine has metal in it now. Yes, right. And because thought, it has magnets in it because that's how they get, because they magnetize the nanoparticles in it that pulls the vaccine into your cells because the greasy lipids aren't enough to do it and they want it in every cell in your body. And um, yeah, I I mean, I went through this. Um, If you'll recall, like I have I have had the Pfizer. And for those of you watching on the stream right now, um, uh, guitar picks now stick to my forehead. If uh, if you're watching right now, you'll know that um, there's, you know, and never mind the fact that I just can't they just keep it just won't stop. And and everybody, everybody watching those videos, I want you to pause for a moment and remember the first time you saw someone breathe onto a spoon in a restaurant and stick it onto their oily nose. And uh, and th- this trick is and the, watching it fail is kind of because you can't do it three times. You got to like end up you end up cleaning your nose and doing it again. Yeah. You're like, what the heck? And you're back and forth. All those moments of failing with the spoon I on the nose trick. Cleaned my nose for the yeah, for the first time in years. But the, w- basically, what we're watching is someone at a restaurant failing multiple times trying to do the spoon on the nose trick. We've all seen it happen. We've all seen the kind of good hearted embarrassment that goes along with it. Is you're like, no, this usually works. The same thing is happening on the, on this scale with these folks. But again, these folks, that mass psychosis you're talking about is completely supported by mm-hmm. troll farms boosting this nonsense up to uh, up beyond the normal level of sort of, you know, particulated lunacy that exists in the populace and giving it the illusion. The QAnon thing is an example of that. The QAnon, the adherents of QAnon are supposedly somewhere in the order of three to five million people. If not, the number I've heard is as large as 11 million people, which includes anybody who baseline believes that there was fraud or believes that there was, you know, in in the election or that there was some other that they don't trust the vaccines or they think China's in our problem. This is like a lot of watery zones or that or that, um, you know, the Obama was spying on Trump and he was and Trump really is playing, you know, 5D Spock chess, even though he's screwing the pooch every time he turns around. So these these folks, uh, the real number, I I think, is boosted by troll farms and the like to make it look like it's more severe than it is. And once that troll farm turns to another source and the QAnon, uh, who the guy was posting, Ron Watkins and his son, uh, or uh, sorry, Jim Watkins and his son, Ron, were posting as Q, leading all these people by the nose. Once that stopped, 
a huge chunk of those people fell apart and they were showing up on today's show going, I don't believe, I can't believe I thought Anderson Cooper ate babies. That there's a fever that breaks when you have mass hysteria as well. That's another psychological aspect of it. And that's kind of what's happening. The problem is <clears throat> when it happens, some people go more violently in that direction because they'd rather be right than happy. Yep. That's that's the danger of it. So my, my concern going forward is that uh, these folks, they leave the psychosis of QAnon, but they're convinced that, you know, a lot of it was right. It was just they were that it, the fact that it was Trump that was fighting the cabal and and not, uh, you know, magic like a, a, like, I, I don't know, some sort of some form of like inviso Jesus that's like the 900-foot Jesus that Oral Roberts saw outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, sky-punching it, um, you know, at the cabal, and he needs your help. That's You know, it used to be one of my bits about why I never understood people who killed for God because, like, he needs any help killing. You know what I mean? He can create, I don't know, he can create tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and lightning bolts, and, you know, he can give people the cancer and clusters. He does seem to have it all sewn up. But he just can't seem to get that one LGBTQ activist that's running around. What the heck? You know what I need? I need a redneck with a with, with a rifle. Uh, that'll do it. He you know, some mysterious way. It is very mysterious. That would be the, to the peak of mysteriosity is to ask one of those people for help. So, um, and I won't go into the bit because you got to see me live. Um, but the point being is that. These folks um, will always have something to cling to, but it's but usually, honest to God, usually it's a, a, a heightened form of religion and NASCAR. They have some sport, local team, uh, you know, uh, adversarial relationship with the next town over. Louisville versus Lexington, Kentucky, you know, UK versus the Cardinals, that kind of stuff, which eats up an exorbitant amount of brain space for them most of the time until such time as this, you know, QAnon level thing comes in and starts to fill all the emotional gaps that sports just doesn't do. You know, no matter how good your team is, you don't believe that they are um, dunking on a cabal of pedophile pedivores who are drinking adrenochrome and kids' blood, right? They, like, and you feel like you're one of the digital, the keyboard warriors who's going to help stop this. You're and special. if you look, right, you are, it's giving you significance, which is one of the key psychological attributes that people need, which also feeds into political extremism. People, you know, that, that uh, you know, being, negotiating, Operating within the understanding that other people have uh, similar values but different execution strategies, different tactics for the same principles mm-hmm. over time, and that you can communicate with them, that makes you feel insignificant because you're not a revolutionary anymore. You're, you're an adult doing adult stuff. Whereas there is a toddler effect in the political extremes. If you feel like we have to stand, I mean, it's why the word fight is so frequently used in our political discourse. When that is not what we do. It's not what democracies do. Democracies do not fight for what you, for your values and your rights and that kind of stuff. You don't, amongst themselves, you fight other countries who want to stop democracies for that stuff. In and amongst yourself, you debate. And you exchange ideas. Negotiate. You negotiate, right, to try and come out with the best outcome for people um, uh, to prove that it works, that people of different different backgrounds. Um, otherwise, you're just fa- you're just fighting for a racially homogenous countries. 
That's really what you're shooting for. You're just saying, you know what? You know what works? Russia for Russians. Brits, Britain for Britons. Japan for Japanese. China for Chinese. It's better if we all just go back to our home tribal base. And we'll and, and in America, what we'll just do is create little racial in this country that has the illusion of a melting pot when it's really a salad. That's that's what you're saying. But it's very significant to feel like you're a revolutionary, even if you never actually change anything. Even if the changes you make are incremental, the things you deride. Anyway, it's a fascinating discussion, and we will continue it every Saturday, uh, 9 to 11 Pacific Time on Chicago's Progressive Talk, 11 to 1 Central Time. Please join us. Thank you to our patrons, patreon.com slash HalSparks for your support. Uh, I, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you for the super chats and the bits and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time.